Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of NBA DFS Today. I am your host Keith Cork and I am here to walk you through one singular championship game for your Saturday slate. And uh, and then I think we get the day off too if I remember correctly. We have no, day, no games after that I believe. Uh, I better double check that. But it's going to be an exciting one guys. I am really excited to see the uh, first champion of the NBA in-season tournament. First of all, let me let me just go ahead and address the elephant in the room here. I got absolutely crushed on that Giant 11 Gamer uh, last night or, or tonight while I'm recording here. So I'm looking for a bounce back. Um, you know, not my best work <laughs> on that big one. Uh, just that's sometimes it happens. You know, guys flop. Um, you know what, what I feel good about is that, um, you know, not a lot of people had the same lineup I had. I had a lot of guys with low ownership, which is what I'm looking for because I'm playing those, you know, large fields trying to hit the big one. And let's just face it, I mean, you know, it's going to take a while before that hits, and I hope it, it does soon. But until it does, we're going to keep trying to find that edge uh, for you guys. And speaking of which, let's go ahead and talk about this game that we've got here on Saturday. It's, a, um, again, the first ever in-season tournament championship game. The Lakers are taking on... The Pacers, the Lakers are at home. And the Lakers are favored by four points. Um, uh, favored by four points. Obviously, the Lakers are at home, but they're not playing at home. They're playing in Las Vegas, just, just to clarify there. That might be a little confusing for people, but they are listed as the home team. 241 is the game total, which is quite high for a Lakers game, typically. But both these teams play the pace. I mean, um, I really do think this is probably going to go over. I'm actually trying to look right now to see where the betting trends are on this. But I do think, you know, when you're talking about fast break points, I believe I want to say the um, Lakers are somewhere up in the top 8 to 10 teams in terms of pace and, and fast break points. And, uh, of course, we all know that the Pacers just get up and down the court like crazy and shoot shots like like nuts, like, like game busters. So uh, I'm expecting a lot of pace here, expecting a, a pretty exciting game. There will be moments where the, the pace does slow as we see some half-court offenses being executed. It's going to be playoff basketball, which is the best kind of basketball. People are going to be playing actual defense and caring, uh, which is the whole point of this whole thing. So, uh, you know, obviously a lot of people have already said it, but hats off to Adam Silver and, uh, you know, the board that decided to go ahead and put this thing together. Uh, so far, it has been a rousing success, and uh, that should continue here. In a really good game. But let's talk about DFS. I mean, DraftKings, uh, you know, obviously, single game slate. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, even change my mind between now and, and tip off. We pretty much know who's playing in this one. There's not really anything outstanding here. Um, for the Lakers, we do have LeBron James, uh, Anthony Davis, and Jared Vanderbilt listed as probable. Don't think there's any way in the world they miss this game. And that's all that we've got there. On the Pacers... We do have an interesting one with Andrew Nembard being out. Obviously, Jalen Smith is also still out. So there's a couple of guys we can look at with those two guys going down. Uh, and I'm going to try to touch on probably as many players as I can here, just kind of give you my my thoughts. Um, but I will ultimately give you my plays as well. Um, like I said, they probably won't change. It's a single gamer. Uh, I've gotten better at single gamers. I used to be terrible at them, uh, probably even as recently as last season. But uh, this season, I've actually done quite well for myself in uh, single gamers, and mostly in NFL because that's what I've been playing mostly um, in the single gamers. But uh, but in the NBA as well, I've had some some hits hits there 
too. So uh, let's dive right into it. I, I do want to have, uh, for the captain spot, you know, I think it's really just, mm, I it's really, it's three choices, but I think two stand out to me. I mean, Terrace Halliburton um, is who I'm going to have in my captain spot 60% of the time, except up to 70% of the time. It's just, he is the engine for that Indiana Pacers team, and we can rely and know that he's going to be the guy making stuff happen. And I think the Lakers have some interesting pieces on their roster to stop that from happening, but you can't stop that that one five uh, pick and roll with Miles Turner and Tyrese Halliburton completely. Uh, it's just too good. So you know, and again, the Pacers are you know get up the, the court with pace. There's a lot of shots to go around. Um, he could shoot, you know. 12 of, of 35. It wouldn't surprise me um, to see him get that many jump shots. I'm trying to see if he's... He's got nowhere near that many shots. He's got 28 shots. That's what it looks like his uh, high shot. So let's say he shoots 8 of 28. He's still going to put up a pretty decent fantasy line for you there. Um, he's been shooting lights out. It's just crazy to me. 57.9% from the field. 55.6% from the field. 53.6% from the field. Like, the, like you know, I'm trying to find... It. So a game where he had 39.1% from the field. He still scored 47 DK points. Like... You know, it, it's all upside here. There's really no no downside. I, again, you know, I think there's three guys you can consider. I think LeBron James, obviously, is another guy you can consider in that spot. And, and the last guy is, you know, Anthony Davis. So I'm not, like, it's not earth-shattering news or anything like that for anybody. Um, You know, I think if you want to get cheeky and put in, you know, a Miles Turner, that's, I mean, that's really the only other guy I would even remotely consider. And then you can, you know, fit in all the other studs as well. I mean, more power to you. I think I think it's doable because I do think there's some really good value guys on this on this slate. So, um, not out of the you know not out of the realm of possibility, not out of the question. But I would rather go with Halliburton, my, my captain. I you know I think one of these guys is going to explode. It's going to be Halliburton. It's going to be LeBron. Those are my top two. And then you know Davis. I think. Also has the ability. He does have a tough matchup, Anthony Davis, across the way in Miles Turner. So that does give me a little bit of pause. But ultimately, he's too skilled of a player to let anybody completely, completely shut down. So, so those are the three guys I'm rolling with there. Um, let's talk Pacers first and, and who we like there. I'm gonna give you my top plays. So obviously, Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, if you play him, uh, I think you gotta play him in your captain spot or. I suppose you can play him um, without him being in captain spot, so that's not really good. You can play him anywhere. You need to play him. Uh, I think he has to be in your lineup. That's what I'm trying to say. Captain spot, utility spot, whatever it is, he needs to be in your lineup. Sorry, I'm very tired. <laughs> I just blurbed all those games tonight. <laughs> you have to forgive my brain. But he needs to be in your lineup, I think. So you can't fade Halliburton. I think that would just be insanity if you do, and like he was out with an injury or something like that. Good job. I think you probably win a whole lot of money there, but... I, I don't want to see that. I don't want to wish that into the world. I don't want to be cheering for that. So I want Halliburton in my lineups. Um, you know, the other guy I'm looking at here uh, on Indiana. I mean, there's a, there's a few guys. Uh, you know, I'm looking at Andrew Nemar being out. And what I'm going to surprise you guys with is I'm not actually looking at Andrew. Uh, sorry, Aaron Smith. I know I've been talking up Aaron Smith the last, uh, I don't know, three shows, whatever it was. And I think he's a fine play, but I also think that we've seen, you know, that he just doesn't, he, even if he gets those minutes, 
he doesn't necessarily produce the stat lines that we're hoping for. Um, could have a nice big game, but you know, realistically, I think you're looking at probably about 20 DK points at 4.8 K, maybe 18 to 20, somewhere in there. So you're looking at about, what is that? Like, you know, four X value, which is just not enough. I just, I just don't know. Um, you know, is he going to get that ceiling game here against a pretty, pretty good, uh, defense in the Lakers? I just don't see that happening. Um, I'm just going to look at defensive ratings real quick while we're, while we're speaking about this um, to see where the Lakers sit. But, yeah, I just don't see that happening with Neesmith. Um, I do like his game. I don't see him really coming in to – I mean, he'll probably come in to try to guard, like, LeBron or whatever. But, you know, last game he was coming in to uh, specifically guard somebody, and that's just not happening this time. So I'm not necessarily feeling uh, Neesmith here. Uh, so for defensive rating, which isn't the end-all be-all by any means, but they're seventh, the Lakers are, in defensive rating. Uh, whereas the Pacers, of course, are 28th, um, because they just don't, they just don't play a lot of defense. But, you know, I, I think that's why I probably lean more heavily towards Lakers players here. Um, but we'll stick with Indiana, and, uh, yeah, I'm not into Nismith. Um, I think you could make a case for Matherin, if you think he's going to have one of those, you know, big scoring ceiling games. If he gets in the game, he's going to try to score score buckets. I mean, that's, that's what he's there for. So uh, 3 of 12 from the field last time, but the encouraging thing is he had 12 um, shots. They played Milwaukee, so Nismith was guarding Giannis. Sorry, of course. Um, 3 of 12. So, you know, 12 shots is, is really encouraging. 14 shots in the game before that shot, 5 of 14. So, you know, he's missing a lot of shots. There's an upside there for sure. So you know you can't you can definitely convince me of that I think Buddy Heald's a nice guy that that's just going to get slapped on. I really do. I think he's a nice guy to slide in. I don't you know seventy two hundred's the the rough part, the salary portion of it. So maybe like you were talking about earlier, where, you, where it's a you know a uh, lineup where you slip like a Miles Turner into your captain spot. Maybe that's where you slip in a Buddy Heald. Also, you can spend up on him because you just have that extra cash, that extra salary. Um. Just watching the spider up in the corner of here just like uh readjust itself like hey don't come anywhere closer to me buddy don't like them spiders or them uh any 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 bug really okay moving on um but yeah miles turner i've kind of skirted around the issue here i think it's you know a decent um decent enough matchup here for him if i was going to play one of the two centers uh i mean you know anthony davis is definitely always in my um in, in my uh peripheral here but uh miles turner theoretically has the better uh the more how do i put this the more solidified role on the pacers and the pacers simply need him more to produce to to win this basketball game so you know if you want to angle for playing miles turner there it is but 9200 that's a you know a tough swallow as well unless you save some money elsewhere and even though i saved money elsewhere i never i didn't get to him um but we'll get to that in a minute here um but another guy here that I am looking at that I think I just have a pretty strong feeling that his ownership is going to give me the edge. I don't think he's going to be super high owned is uh, Bruce Brown. And Bruce Brown had a rough game in the last one, just 16.75 DK points. I'm hoping people will take more stock in that. He only played 28 minutes, which is going to stand out to people as well. And yeah, he had a rough game, but you know what? I do think uh, they gave him that bag. 
he's been playing big minutes for them. Against Boston, he played 36 minutes. Against Miami, the game before that, he played 37 minutes. Uh, you know, he's been playing big minutes here. And I think, you know, in that game, they just rode the hot hand, and it wasn't Bruce Brown. Um, you know, he was 3 of 9 from the field in that game, 0 of 1 from behind the arc. Um, just didn't feel like he was going to have a really good game. So um, so I like Bruce Brown here. I think, you know, with that price tag, people are going to kind of skip over him. And he's one of those guys I'm kind of targeting for that reason. Him and Buddy Heald are kind of in that, like, that zone where it's like I think they're you can get an edge on the ownership there and there's still um, a ceiling for those guys. And there's probably less of a ceiling for Bruce Brown, but the thing is, the ownership will probably be less as well because of that. Because everyone's gonna, everyone knows the same things, guys. Everyone looks at this and see. Like my my goal here is to try to give us plays that no one else is has out there. Like you, you know, all those optimizers, all those people, um, you know, out there using the same lineups. I, I want to get different from them. So, so yeah, I do like me some Bruce Brown here, uh, and you know. Just like we saw in this last site, when you do something like that where you're trying to just fade the field or, or be different from the field, uh, it can sometimes really blow up in your face. Because, you know, if their guys hit, um, which are the chalk plays or whatever, and yours don't, it looks pretty bad. And we've seen that multiple times with my calls this season. Um, but we're going to hit the big one. It's going to happen. <laughs> Anyways, um, so we've gone through most of Indiana here. Uh, oh, um, definitely need to talk about TJ McConnell because um, there's no Andrew Nimhard here. I expect him to be heavily heavily owned uh i expect him to be definitely definitely worth it at just 3400 um crazy low um you know crazy low salary there only 11 minutes in that last game and he scored 20.75 dk points there's no guarantee that the pacers slip him in there and play him you know 20 minutes or whatever without uh nembard but there's a better chance of that happening, and with his per minute production, I mean, we just saw this guy—he dropped 40 DK points in just 25 minutes against Miami. I mean, it—it's it, just crazy because even if he flops, even if he has you know a 15 DK point night or something like that, 3400 is not gonna like it's not gonna sink you. So I, it just feels like there's not very much risk at all. The risk here is going to be that. Everybody and their, their mother is going to own T.J. McConnell. And if he flops, everyone and their mother is going to flop. And if he succeeds, everyone and their mother is going to succeed. So it doesn't really matter because you're just getting the same thing that everyone else is getting. So, ultimately, if you would like to pivot off of him, you could do so to just Isaiah Jackson at 3,200, who has a similar upside. He's another permanent monster. But his ownership is going to be significantly lower. You know what T.J. McConnell did in that in that game was um, it was high, you know, high visibility stuff. People noticed. Um, it was hard not to notice because he was such a ball of energy out there. So, you know, um, I think pivoting off of him in large fields makes a lot of sense. I think if you can you know construct a lot of your lineups without him in there, you're getting an edge on the field if he does flop. And there's no guarantee that happens, obviously. But if it does, there you go. So, um, moving on here. But yeah, Isaiah Jackson, uh, I do think he's also a solid player. Obviously, with Daniel Gion Smith, he got 16 minutes in the last game, put up 20 DK points. But 
Um, didn't block any shots, and that's really kind of his calling card. So if he does that, you know, maybe we're talking about 25 DK points, 30 DK points. You know, who knows? Maybe Miles Turner suffers an injury. He ends up, you know, getting a few more minutes. I mean, this is just a, a, a minutes monster. I think against the Lakers and against Anthony Davis, they are going to deploy him out there. Uh, I really don't think they have a, another another option. I mean, they're not going to play Jordan or I don't think I don't see that happening. Um, they're not going to play Shepard or Brown. I, I just don't see that happening at all. So it's really it comes down to uh, they have to play Isaiah Jackson. You know, fifteen minutes, whatever it is, 10, 15 minutes, somewhere in that somewhere in that range at least. And you're hoping that he hits you know fifteen to eighteen minutes. And if he does, he probably hits really good value for you. So I do like him quite a bit. Um, okay, let's talk about the Lakers. And, uh, oh, before I do, let me just go ahead and just uh, plug real quick, sports, real quick, sportsethos.com, the DFS pass. It's just $5 a month. Go grab it, and uh, we can chat DFS. You can get my pickums every day. I haven't hit. I thought I was really confident about my pickums today, and they were so close to hitting. Um, I can give you guys what that was. Oh, no, I don't have Discord open here. Well, anyways, uh, I know off the top of my head I missed the uh, Tyus Jones. I had the under on his points, 12.5. He ended up having 14, so just a little bit under. I uh, was a little bit older, sorry. Uh, I had 28.5 on um, uh, James Harden, points, rebounds, and assists, and he ended up with 27, so I, I just missed there. And then I hit the other two, and then the uh, the other one I missed was, unfortunately, Anthony Edwards. I had the over on his points, and we all know he, he left with, like, just three minutes into the game uh, with a hip injury. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I, it wasn't a great night, obviously, but uh, but you can see the process there. I think, you know... Uh, ultimately, I think they were strong plays, and uh, you just don't hit them all, and that that's just part of playing pickups. So we, we walk you through that as well. Uh, but yeah, sportsethos.com, go grab it there. Okay, let's talk about the Lakers side of the basketball. And uh, you know, I've already talked about LeBron James and and uh, Anthony Davis, but let me just say about LeBron James, and let me just throw this out there because you know it's on all of our minds, and I just want to put put some words to it. But do you think that LeBron James doesn't want to win? the inaugural, the first ever in-season tournament championship game. Um, we all know who LeBron James is. We all know what he wants to accomplish. He wants to be the very best. He wants to be remembered. He, it's, it's important to him. His legacy is absolutely important to him. No question about it. Um, been a very long and fruitful, very successful career for LeBron James. And this is another notch in his belt that he wants to notch. There's no question about it. No question. He's got the opportunity right now, and he's going to seize that. So that's why when you're talking about, you know, between LeBron James and Anthony uh, Davis, I would lean LeBron James. Um, you know, analytics or, or maybe something else might point to Anthony Davis having the safer floor or the higher cap. I think he throw that stuff out the window when it's something like this, where it's something that is about legacy. It's about the longevity of, of, of somebody and, and just, again, adding a milestone in someone's long career. I think um, I think LeBron James has to find a way onto your roster in some capacity. So that's just my thinking on it. Um, Austin Reeves, I think he's uh, kind of in the same line as uh, Buddy Heald, right? Where he's not going to have eye ownership because he's just easy to forget. He's coming off the bench, playing six-man role. So that's, an, that's a good way to get, you know, a guy in there that's going to have some low ownership, I think, is... Um, Spending up on Austin Reeves, even though it doesn't look like a good move on paper. Not into Torian Prince. I just... Not into Cam Reddish. Not into either of those guys. I think Cam Reddish is going to lose even more minutes. He had 23 minutes in the last one. I think he'll lose even more minutes. 
to some other guys I'm looking at. Probably not going to be a shocker when I mention them, but I just, you know, not no, no to Cam Reddish. Just fade him. Uh, Torian Prince also lost a few minutes as well, uh, but he did have 15 points in that last game. So I could see a world where, uh, yeah, I think he, I think he's probably one of those guys also that you know, people are going to overlook. Not going to roster him as much. And uh, has the ability, I mean, I think that's pretty much the ceiling there, right? What do you get, like 20, 25, basically, DK points in 23 minutes? That's pretty good. That's a pretty good game. And just kind of scrolling through his game logs, that's literally the highs. Like, he hits that high, and then he'll get, like, 12 DK points, you know, the next night or whatever it is. So, not feeling it, really. I would rather go with those other guys that have more pop, more ability to go off that we mentioned already. Like the Bruce Browns of the world and, and, and the Buddy Heels and all that. Of course, those guys are more expensive. So, But D'Angelo Russell. This is a great matchup for D'Angelo Russell. It is the Pacers. We have been attacking the Pacers all season at that guard position. And this is the time to do it, guys. This is where we're going to see, you know, D'Lo's going to go out there and uh, get... 30 minutes, 35 minutes against this team. It's fast pace. I like that for D'Angelo Russell. I, I love me some Russell in this. I think um, he's also going to have not low ownership, but less than he should have just because of what his name is and, and how we all perceive him. You know, he's been playing very well this season, but people still want to rag at him. I, you know, and, and it is what it is. I mean, he's not the best player in the world. But he's very decent. And for fantasy, and for producing fantasy lines, he's very good. So, I have no problem at all going with D'Angelo Russell uh, in this scenario. Rui Hachimura at 4,200. Yeah, I think, you know, I think people will land on him. I think he'll be popular. Um, he'll probably also... I would like So, I'd rather have him than Toria Prince. Nine out of ten times. They're going to get the same amount of minutes, basically. I think I think we got 21 to Prince's 23. And, I mean, just think about it. Who's going to be out there scoring points in bunches if they're getting hot? Like, who's going to get hot? It's not going to be Torian Prince. It's going to be Rui Hachimura. So, I'd much rather have him. And I think people will. He'll probably go on their own because of the uh, couple of kind of duds he's had since he returned. I wouldn't really call them duds, just kind of quiet games. 5 of 9 from the field in the last one, 12 points, which, you know, that's not bad. It's just not great. And then uh, 3 of 8 from the field, uh, 7 points in the game before that against Phoenix. So, you know, not not the best lines in the world, but decent enough. I mean, and, and I think, uh, you know, there's a ceiling there for sure because he is such a shot-happy player. He will take a shot anytime, anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, going a little further down this list, you know, Max Christie. No, I'm not. You know, he's not going to get the minutes, and if he does, he just he doesn't get enough usage for us, even on a one game slate. I know I, I was touting him. I want to say about a week or a week and a half ago, but it's just he just you know not doing enough when he's out there. When he is out there, I don't think he's going to be out there a whole lot because instead, I think Mr. Jared Vanderbilt at 2600 is going to be my guy again. Uh, in this game, I mean, who are they going to stick on Halliburton? Um, or who are they going to have help out in that 1-5 pick and roll to switch on to, you know, the ball handler? 
once he turns a corner. It's going to be Jared Vanderbilt. It's going to be Jared Vanderbilt. No question in my mind. I think this is a game where you see, uh, what, did, what did he get in that last one? He got, uh, well, not the last one. He didn't play that a lot. 15 minutes uh, against Phoenix. Yeah, I think that's the right one that I'm looking at there. Um, which, that's actually less than I would have guessed he played because he was so impactful there. Um, so it's a little surprising to me, honestly. But I think you're probably going to see about 20 minutes of Jared Vanderbilt here. I think he was. I would think he was super impactful when he played. I really do. Um, I think the Lakers see it. We need him to grab boards at the same. He's been grabbing boards. We need him to score the basketball, and that's the question mark and the concern here is, you know, will Jared Vanderbilt score the basketball at a decent enough rate? To hit value for us. I mean, he's only 2600 That's the thing. And he's definitely the cheapest guy on this slate that I would go to. But, um, but can we trust him? That's kind of it, right? I mean, Christian Wood and, and uh, Jackson Hayes at the end of the bench here, I mean, they're going to get very limited minutes. They both can produce stats. If you want to take a dice roll on one of them, Go for it. Up against Miles Turner uh, and Isaiah Jackson. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just not. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm just not, dig not digging that at all. Just don't. Doesn't jump out to me as a as a good play. So, um, that's gonna do it for us, guys. That is the entire slate. Uh, basically every player on that slate. I am Keith Cork. You can follow me on Twitter at at EatThoseKeith. And uh, you know wherever you are listening. Please do like, subscribe. Um, I do want to, you know, hear from you guys. Want to hear what we're doing well. Want to hear what we're not doing so well. So, uh, you know, please do hit me up there. Uh, also follow at Ethos DFS, where we post all these shows. But until next time, everybody, hey, go get that money. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.